Welcome to Carolina True Crime, a podcast presented by WMBF News in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, where we take a deep dive into infamous crimes from the Carolinas, some with clear endings and others where mystery remains. I'm Ashley Talley, News Director at WMBF, and today I'm talking with our anchor, Eric Weisfeld, about a case that took not just the state, but the entire nation by storm, by surprise, by horror. Eric, who was Susan Smith? I would start off by saying a very complicated person. Um, I think that she is someone who changed the way the nation viewed parents as women and also caused a lot of controversy on the racial front as hmm. well. Okay, I yeah. And I think what we can do is first talk about the time period, which was 1994, okay. and where Susan Smith lived, which was Union, South Carolina, in Union County, in the upstate. So we're talking 25 years ago at this 25 point. years ago, and so we're going to try to kind of set the scene as to what life was like in Union, South Carolina, in 1994. Where is Union? I don't it, even know. It's in the upstate. It's okay. close to Greenville, close to Spartanburg. Got you. Um, just to give you a feel for what Union, South Carolina is like, it's the county seat of Union County, but with that being said, again, in the upstate near Greenville and Spartanburg population, back then in 1994 was 9,862. So we're talking a small southern town. Mm -hmm. City has a total of eight square miles. Wow. Very small. Mm -hmm. Um, The racial makeup there in 2000 is the one, the closest date that I could find for a racial makeup. 56% Mm -hmm. white and 42% black and then the rest accounts for other other Mm -hmm. ethnicities. But um, so majority white Mm -hmm. by a little bit. Uh, Just three high schools that actually were consolidated into one. So just to give you an idea, again, mm-hmm. a small community, a tight-knit community. Um, Everybody the, probably knows each other sort of thing. Absolutely. And the one thing that a lot of people will know that Union is Union County is known for is the fact that they won the Jackets, the high school Yellow Jackets football team won the 4A state championships in 1990 and 1995. So that's kind of how they hang their hat, their claim to fame. Mm-hmm. Also, the city's infamous, though, because of Susan Smith. I bet. I was talking to one of our floor directors yesterday, and he's from this area and from the upstate. And I said, "So, do you know what do you know about Union County?" And he said, "Oh, all right, Susan Smith, Smith. absolutely." Mm. That's, so, a, that's a sad thing to be it notorious really is. for. Un- it's almost unfair, you know, Very. to a community that. But when so little happens, or you know, when it's such a small place, you can understand how. I mean, that you're going to leave your mark, one yeah. way or the other. So her name is Susan Lee Vaughn Smith. She was born September 26th of 1971. So at this point, she would be 38 years old. Uh, Just to talk about her life, because really her life had so much to do, I believe, with what kind of created thoughts in her mind and what led her to do what she did, Mm -hmm. I believe. She was rarely in a stable home life. Her mother divorced her father. Did she she, grow up in Union? She did. Okay. Spent her whole time in Union. And her father committed suicide when she was just six years old. Oh, gosh. After that, she attempted suicide at the age of 13. Oh my, Then it gets worse. Then her stepfather, her mother married a man who was a Christian coalition member. Uh Uh-huh, I remember. Beverly Russell. He later would admit to molesting her from a very young age, when she was 
just a child to the point where she was a teenager. Some reports even say that she was molested up until six months before the actual incident. Oh my gosh. So it went on for a long time. So wait, so she was born in 71? She was born in 71. So she was 23 when all this is going on? Yes, okay. 23 years old, yeah. Um, so, you know, I just wanted to, like, she's young. She's a young, she's a young and, mother. And we'll talk about the fact, I mean, she grew up quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, she graduated from high school in 1989, and then she made a second attempt to end her life at that point. Oh, my god! Yeah, it's just really a, a sad story. I mean, it's hard to have that type of emotion or empathy for someone because of what she did. But you also have to look at how she grew up. I'm not justifying anything. Of course any not. But she had a traumatic childhood. She started I mean, off could, on the wrong foot. Yeah. Yeah. So she did go ahead and marry. After that second attempt to end her life, she married David Smith. And they both admit that it was a very unstable relationship. They both admit to infidelity. Mm. But regardless of that, they had two sons. Okay. They had Michael Daniel, who was born in 1991. Mm-hmm. So he was three years old at the time of this incident. Mm-hmm. They also had Alexander Tyler, who was born in 1993. He was just 14 months old oh. when this happened. And they were the cutest boys. And anyone who remembers this remembers that picture of the two of them. Mm-hmm. You know, Michael right next to his brother. Mm-hmm. It, it really it, it ripped at the heartstrings of the country, and this was really one of the first times that I can remember where something like this happened, where there was an abduction, a mother going on national TV pleading. The whole country felt for this woman and her husband. For it's this more, family. more, more. We're more used to it now, but this was yeah. One today of the first. it would just be unfortunately something that happens a lot, mm-hmm. but back then it just it touched everybody, yeah. and I mean it made national news on a daily basis for right. nine days, and we'll get to that in a moment. So tell me about David Smith. What do we know about him? Did he grow up there? Or he did grow up there, and he admits, and we'll talk about that later, because he actually wrote a book that I want to talk oh, about. Okay. Um, he admits that he was not the best husband. Mm-hmm. Tell me like they were both young. They were both, both young, made a lot of mistakes, mm-hmm. and he has a lot of regrets now. But not only do I want to talk about the book later, but also a talk show that he went on, okay. and we were able to really get a feel for him. And he, whether he has just grown up a lot, um, he's turned his life around He um, and moved on with his life. Mm-hmm. But this is something that is there every single day. I'm sure. Yeah. So, um, October 25th of 1994. This is when Susan reported to police that her car was kidnapped. Her, that her car was was carjacked with okay. two boys, her children, her sons, mm-hmm. in the back seat, strapped to their car seat. They were kidnapped. The car was carjacked. So where was she at this time? Was she, like, in the town? Or? She was in the town, and she was at a traffic light. And she, now this, pay close attention to this. She claims that she drove up to a traffic light and the light was red and she stopped. And at that point, a man appeared, got her out of the car, and took off with the boys in the back seat. Okay. That is the story. She then also says that the man was African American. Mm-hmm. Huge, huge reason why this story, one of the reasons why this story blew up the way that it did. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. She says he took off for nine days. She made dramatic pleas. She, you know, on national television, find my boys, find my boys, please find my boys. And in fact, I want to play what I have recorded her actually pleading on national television. And this is part of the reason I think why this, obviously just the nature of the story, but also just listening to her, this got a lot of, it, it gained a lot of, of, of momentum because people heard her actually plead, but pay mm-hmm. attention to her while she's pleading. I, w- I just can't express it enough that we, we just got to get them home. That's just where they belong with their mom and daddy. Just got to get them home. 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 Just
I want to say it to my babies. <laughs> your mama loves you so much. Now, when you listen to that, with 25 years hence. Yes, you can... it's very interesting because I've spoken with so many people about this and I even remember it back then. And every, not everybody, but the majority of the people that I speak with say, as soon as I heard, and I don't even solicit it, they say, as soon as I heard that, I turned to the person I was with and I said, she did it. <gasps> and I found that very interesting. It is interesting. If you listen to her, you know, and not everyone is as expressive or emotional maybe, right. but a lot of people say that they just, and mothers, a lot of mothers I spoke with say, I can tell by the way that she portrayed herself it just did not seem genuine. Interesting. Sure. To me, I've never heard that recording, or, or you know, if I have, it's been a long time. Um, she sounds so Southern, mm-hmm. and she sounds older than 23 years old to me. I don't know. I Just without seeing her, she does. But yeah. I didn't, ca- I mean, you know, it's like she like almost cries, like kind of. And I'm has, always one that I can't gauge how emotional you are, verbally or visually emotional you are. So I'm not, yeah. I mean, I always take people at face value, so I believed it. Right. But you're going to find out a little later that people that I spoke with, they definitely aren't the only ones who thought okay. she wasn't telling the truth. Including maybe the authorities. Okay. But at this So right point, now, here we are. She says they've been kidnapped, abducted. They've been kidnapped, her car's been carjacked, and they launch an investigation nationwide. Everybody's on the manhunt, right? For an African-American, for her car. They was it a minivan or a no? It car? was a car. Okay. It was a it was a uh, I can't remember. I think it was a four door and it was red, but I don't remember the kind. I think it was a Toyota. Okay. Um, but for nine days, they did this manhunt looking for him, and she, after nine days, finally comes forward, and admits. She says, she had her foot on the brake. She stood outside the car, she released the brake, and she sent them into the John D. Long Lake, which is a, a large lake in her community. Okay? Oh my gosh. So she was like on a boat landing or some sort of ramp. Right. It's exactly what it was. It was a ramp and it went and she let it coast into the water. When this happened, I think the nation just, the jaws just hit the ground. Yeah. Could not believe this. Why? Right. Why would somebody do this to their children? So young, three and three fourteen and months. Three and fourteen months, and the, the cutest little boys. And she, you'll later find out that one thing David Smith said was she was an amazing mother. So everyone's saying, how could she do this? Why would she do this? Yeah. This is not what Susan will tell you, but authorities will tell you that it is believed that she wanted that. You know, we talked about her being in in infidelity, mm-hmm. infidelity. She mm-hmm. and her husband both both. She was in a relationship, allegedly, with a wealthy local man. Outside of her marriage, obviously. Outside of her marriage. Mm. While she was estranged from her husband, but they were not divorced. Yeah. And he did not want children. Wow. So she believed that if she got rid of her children, she would have a shot with this with local this man. man. That's not what she says. She claims that there was no motive. She claims there was no forethought. She says there was no planning at all, that she just wasn't in her right mind. And that's really the only excuse she gives is that she wasn't in her right mind. Like that it was a psychotic break. That yeah, she a just... mental, yeah, that it was a mental issue. Mm-hmm. And, that's a, and she cannot explain it other than she it just wasn't her. Mm-hmm. So at the start of the investigation, authorities say that they initially did a doubt that Susan was telling the truth. Even from the beginning. They wow. did, from the very beginning. And they believed 
that she murdered them, but then by the second day of the investigation, they were just hoping that the boys were still alive, mm. and they were hoping that they could get her to tell them where those boys were. So it's interesting that they caught that on. You know, they they tra- are trained to look at things like that, right. like deception. So they caught off in the very beginning. But so but, she's being questioned for these nine days. Oh, I mean, absolutely. they're not. So is her husband. Right. They did polygraph tests, all of that. Mm-hmm. Investigators began searching the lakes and the ponds. Mm in the area mm-hmm. and it's interesting because they did search John D. Long Lake. Mm-hmm. The problem was they only went in 30 feet because they believed that if a car went into the water it wouldn't have gone it wouldn't go, yeah. yeah. And the truth was that 30 feet from shore just wasn't far enough because the car was found oh. 120 feet wow. from shore. That's a, that's incredible that it would have moved so far. I guess, yeah, I don't know if, I mean, I don't think she hit the gas. She just said she released the brake. Right. So but is it just current? Yeah, who knows? Boys were found still strapped inside their car seats. Oh. I remember when people heard that. I mean, it just, it just broke your heart. And then you would see on television the video of John D. Long Lake. And, and then things started mounting, you know, flowers, teddy bears, uh-huh. different things. Around. And they're still there to this day. Really? Yeah, absolutely. People still come. Mm. Um, and not just there, but their cemeteries as well, and, and to their their grave site. And the fact that she strapped them into their car seats and then drove them into a lake goes back to the terrible irony that you were saying when her estranged husband said that she was a really good mother. Right. But she did. You know, it's like this this act of care of strapping them in, and then this horrible. And we also talk about the fact that, you know, there must be some type of a mental issue. I really believe that the way she was raised, I mean, if you look at it, her whole life was a mess from the beginning. Yeah. And I also think, I mean, this is, you know, me playing armchair psychologist, but her father committed suicide. She didn't have him. Her stepfather molested her for years. It's like she was always, I don't know, trying to find a man to please or something like that. But this older, richer guy, you know, the the rich man. And also, what value did she put on life? Right, right, true. You know, because she, she had tried twice. twice. She knows her dad did the same thing. Mm. She may not be thinking rationally about uh-huh. life, or doesn't, yeah, value doesn't it the value same way it. people yeah. do. Wow. Okay. So two days after the boys disappeared, um, she and her husband were given polygraph tests, as we as mm-hmm. we said. They never came back and said that they actually passed them, but I'm assuming at that point that they must have, or that we would have known sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, the breakthrough for detectives, however, came through her description of the carjacking. Okay, so this is interesting. Okay. She says she pulled up to the light, that nobody was there, but then somebody ran out from the sides mm-hmm. and got into her, and made her get out of her car and carjacked her with, carjacked her vehicle mm-hmm. with the boys behind in the back seat. Mm-hmm. Well, detectives determined that, and I don't know if it's like this, I know it's like this at a lot of intersections, I don't know if it's every intersection, but when you have a traffic light, the light turns depending on weight on the road. Right. So. If nobody else was at the intersection in a vehicle, it would have turned it green. It would have been red. Yeah. So they knew she lied at that point. Hmm. It would have been green she, before she. This man would have had time to run over, get her out of the car. She would have intersection with no one else there. Yeah. Because the weight of her car would have signaled, triggered it to signal right. to green. That was the break. In That's the interesting. Yeah. I mean, you got to give them. And credit. of course, you know, now if it were the case, it would be well. Let's look at all the cameras around there. But this is before right. all that. Oh, absolutely, and you're in a small, small town. Right. How many stoplights even having that town? Right. Yeah. But I thought that was very interesting that that's the way they were to determine this. Okay, mm-hmm. so now we know that she's admitted it. Mm-hmm. 
still we're trying to figure out why she's getting ready to get she's gonna go to trial mm -hmm. her psychiatrist diagnosed her with dependent personality disorder which kind of goes back kind of gets what you're saying, saying yeah. yeah interesting um her defense attorneys were david brook and judy clark and they called expert witnesses to testify that she suffered from mental health issues that impaired her judgment when she actually committed those crimes which kind of so, goes with what she's saying right i just wasn't in my right mind I don't remember, right. you know, I, did, I wasn't there. Um, was she just, her charges were two charges of murder? Is that? She was charged with two counts, yes. Okay. And uh, it's, the technical term is filicide. Oh, a murder of a child. Yeah. Mm. Or a son specifically, son probably. Yeah. Son, I believe. Mm -hmm. She was sentenced to life in prison, possibility of parole after serving 30 years. So found guilty. Found guilty on all accounts. Did anybody interesting testify or, you know, was there anybody who thought she didn't do it? Did she have any family that supported her or anything? Not that, Doesn't I, seem like not that I have found. I mean, okay. no one came to say, didn't say anyone came forward. I will tell you that several family members wrote books mm. afterwards. Mm -hmm. Again, going back to kind of the type of life that she was right. in. Um, and her husband did not speak with her for a month, but then spoke with her one time, briefly. During the trial? Or? One month after the incident happened. Uh -huh. I think it may have been before the trial. Uh -huh. um, and after that, he hasn't spoken with her. Wow. So... Filicide, again, is the deliberate act of a parent killing their own child, well, I guess whether it's a son or a daughter. Uh -huh. um, she's eligible for parole in November, November 4th of 2024. Not that far years. away. Yeah, just over five years, which is interesting. Certainly they wouldn't I can't imagine. parole her. I can't imagine. But let's talk about what her life was like, has been like behind bars. Okay. Where is she? she? Well, she started out in Columbia. Mm -hmm. Okay, so she was originally incarcerated at the Administrative Segregation Unit in the Camille Griffin Graham Correctional Institution mm -hmm. in Columbia. Reports indicate that she had sexual intercourse with two of the guards there. Oh my gosh. They both terminated. Uh -huh. In 2003, she was placed, uh, she actually placed a personal ad in writeaprisoner.com, which is an online oh. ad. Like um, for a, like for sex? For a boyfriend it's, or it's something? It's just a just personal, personal site. Yeah, I mean, I don't, she, I doubt that she's entitled to conjugal visits. I so. wouldn't think so. That's but crazy. But just reaching out for pen pals, whatever it would be. But then it was, <coughs> that was later retracted for hmm. some reason. Okay. She also, there have been reports, has had issues with self-mutilation mm. behind bars and also drugs behind bars. Mm -hmm. So clearly still a trouble. Not story. a um, model prisoner by yeah, any and, chance. And it doesn't sound like rehabilitation. It doesn't sound like she's progressing intellectually either if you think about it right it like she still is and the sex with the guards thing goes back to what we've been talking about it's like a it sounds like sex is definitely one of those trigger buttons for right. her you know in just her whole life right and maybe that's how she thinks that she gets acceptance i don't know well and i mean being molested from an early age i that's, you know that's got to affect her forever right right so and you always wonder two correctional officers one was lieutenant houston cagle and one was captain alfred r Rowe jr mm. Both of them. They're, they're fired from that point. Gone. They were both charged as well. Mm -hmm. um, she was then moved, shipped out to Greenwood. So now she's in Greenwood in a facility there. Hmm. That's what her life's been like. Okay. In 1995, David Smith wrote a book called Beyond All Reason, My Life with Susan Smith. Mm -hmm. He recounted his marriage with her. He explained what he says are the reasons for the breakdown of their relationship. He also explains the impact of his life following her murdering their two young sons. What I think is interesting, I read a lot of the reviews of that book. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, the majority of the reviews said, you know, you got to give it to David because he did not paint himself in a very favorable light. Mm. He admitted that he was not 
a good spouse. Mm-hmm. He admitted that he was not good to her. Mm-hmm. He admitted to be to you know having affairs yeah. while married. So he didn't gloss things over for himself and paint Absolutely her as no. just the bad guy. And but. he also said that she was an exceptional mother. I mean, he said that she did a great job. He just never understood. He could not understand. And we'll talk um, now. In 2016, David Smith went on Doctor Oz. 2016? Okay, just a couple years ago, yeah. At that point, he says that when this initially happened, he 100% believed Susan. Really? And So when they were pleading to the public and she was doing most of the speaking, Mm -hmm. he was behind her. He supported her 100%. And and I can't imagine why he wouldn't because he says she was such an amazing mother. Right. There was nothing to ever indicate this would happen. He probably didn't know about the affair. So the entire nine days, he says... He supported her. Until she broke After down After she admitted to lying, he said he was so shocked, he, all he wanted to do was sit down. Like, he couldn't even keep his footing. Yeah. And this really, understandably, had such, I mean, he, he's a broken man at this mm-hmm. point. Now, he believes that she had mental illness, probably depression, but he says that's no excuse. Right. But again, up until that night, he says, amazing mother. Mm-hmm. He has moved on with his life. He says he'd only spoke with her once. That was a month after she confessed. He asked her why she did it. She said, same thing. Didn't know why. Um, but very, he said she was very nonchalant about it and he did, she did tell him that she was sorry, but just didn't know why. So he's never, mm-hmm. ever really given a reason other than mm-hmm. she wasn't in her right mind. I can't imagine the lack of resolution that that must leave with you. Yeah. you know, just always wondering what, why, what did my children suffer in this last month? I mean, I think if God forbid it was me and I was David, I would just think it was a mental issue and so there's really no justifying or explaining yeah. why she did what she did. I have a horrible thought. I wonder if they were crying for her oh. as they went into the water. I can't even, I mean, yeah. I you can't know, even, I wonder if she could just hear why. them. Yeah. Why is mom, yeah. What's I just mom? hope that they were young enough that it happened so quickly and they just couldn't even conceptualize what Hopefully. was going on. Hopefully. But you know, they were terrified. I, oh, you can't even. And one thing I think of is, and this gets into a religious thing, but like, if God puts you on this earth for a certain reason, maybe their purpose was to raise awareness for mental health issues for I'm mean, just showing what people are capable of mm-hmm. and that and maybe, maybe they saved other children's lives somewhere maybe, we'd like to think and maybe that's just that there's some yeah reason, some reason for all of this um he all David is interesting enough contemplated taking his own life in fact he had a gun in his mouth coughed mm. he was at the cemetery mm. praying to God to give him strength to pull the trigger and he says it never happened because he believes God told him that, there was, that he had a better, you know, a higher mm-hmm. purpose. There was a reason why he was still there. He was just so tired of hurting, he says, and missing them and not knowing what to do with his life. But he says, obviously, God disagreed. Mm. So now to kind of a more of a healing, happier note. Today, his life is going really well. He did says, he remarry? He did remarry, and he has two more kids. Aww. He says, though, the boys are still part of his life. He thinks about them every single day. He says that um, he there is a memorial set up at the John D. Long Lake, mm-hmm. which is a marble, almost like a headstone, and it has their pictures. Mm-hmm. And if you look there, there are, again, teddy bears, toys, mm-hmm. flowers. People still come to this day. And we, we will have those pictures posted on our website if people want to check that out at WMBFnews.com. Great. And so. we also have headstones. We get uh, One headstone that we can also post as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll talk about that in a second, but he says that there is a memorial for the boys near the lake and that, again, people leave items there. He says that he hopes his sons would be proud of him for moving on and trying to make peace with everything and that they know that not a day goes by that he doesn't think about them. Mm -hmm. Um, You'd think they would be 
25 and mm-hmm. 27 or 8 now. He talked about know? that, about oh. how, you know, they would have hopefully gone to college. And, yeah. he, thinks, and he says, you know, at the beginning it was so hard when holidays come and birthdays come. Yeah. And, I mean, you think about it. I mean, you talk about your life changing in just a moment's notice with no forethought and everything's preventable. Right, right. You know, no reason for anything. No. It's like the, the rug is just ripped out and mm-hmm. never again the same. And you can tell when he was on that, that show, that mm-hmm. talk show, he got very tearful, very emotional, mm-hmm. and you can just tell that he is a broken man. Yeah. You know, he's doing his very best. I commend him for doing his very best to just get on with life. But yeah. there's no mistake in that he's obviously, understandably, been extremely affected by this. Yeah. Um, also, he uh, talked about, he, they, he actually, in that talk show, went back to the cemetery, which he says, I don't, I don't go. He says, it's just not, and I've never brought my children there. Too painful. He says, it's just not a happy place. But I wanted to talk about the... Um, the headstone that he has for the boys there. They're buried in a casket together. Oh. Michael's quote, there's, there's two pictures that we're so used to seeing there. It's uh-huh. on that headstone. Michael says, he's my brother, D-R-U-D-D-E-R, oh. and I love him, E-M. Mm-hmm. And Alex says, we'll always be together. So sad. So sad. So, um, he did go back there and you see it again there just like um, by the memorial there's all the gifts and people are still coming which is so nice to see that you know yeah. that people haven't forgotten yeah um, Susan Smith also Oprah Winfrey who has been huge uh, still is huge but was so big back then with her right. talk show she had a strong desire to interview Susan Smith and when you ask her and when she was switching to a different format she said the two people that I really 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 want to interview it's O.J. Simpson and Susan Smith. She's the one who said that she changed the way, Susan Smith changed the way our country views parents. Wow. Oprah said that. Yes, Oprah did. Now, in 2010, she put in a request to have an interview, and then Governor Nikki Haley said that wouldn't happen. Hmm. Her spokesperson, Rob Godfrey, said... Quote, while Governor-elect Haley has great respect for Oprah, let's be clear, Miss Smith got enough press when she killed her two children and lied about it to the country. South Carolina suffered enough from this tragedy, and we are now focused on the positives in our great state. Wow. Which I thought was interesting. That is super interesting. I wonder if she would try again now that Haley's not governor anymore. Yeah, I mean, I thought about that too, possibly. And it never said that Susan wasn't willing to speak. But it was stopped by the governor before. Right. So it's never it been. It never happened. Yeah. I will say, now she has been in People Magazine. They've done a lot of reports. In 2017, um, they reported that she said she was misunderstood. Um, they reported about Susan's, inter- or she did do an interview to the state newspaper hmm. in 2015. And that's a state newspaper from South Carolina right. saying, quote, I am not the monster society thinks I am. Far from it. Something went very wrong that night. I was not myself. I was a good mother and I loved my boys. There was no motive as it was not even a planned event. I was not in my right mind. So she, Clearly. that was in 2015. So she. So she maintains that, I mean. Has maintained that from the very beginning. Um, to this point, I am not familiar with any interviews she's given on television. I don't believe that she would be permitted to at this point. Yeah. Um, she, again, 30 years to life, uh, life in prison with eligibility for parole in 30 years, which is in 2024. Mm-hmm. I think this story is significant for several reasons. Mm-hmm. I think, number one, it brought a nation together, really, in outrage, because she took that step 
and said it was an African-American. And the reason why mm. she claims that she did that was because she said she didn't want her family, her friends, or anyone she knew, she didn't want it to be mistaken that they would be the people respons- person or people responsible for this. So I guess she doesn't know very many black people, right, so, so she blames on an African-American. But the fictitious, fictitious carjacker being black, that that sparked, that just added another layer right. to this. Right, of complication to this already horrific thing. When they found out that she was lying about the whole thing. Yeah. Also, I think as Oprah said, that Susan changed the way we look at parents in this country. And on several, you know, for several reasons. I mean, you, number one, I think it also takes a look at just mental health in general because a mother who is, by all accounts, a great mother, all of a sudden just flips. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who would be willing to abandon, not just abandon, but murder their children because they could possibly go into another relationship. Mm-hmm. It's the total opposite of the nurturing, loving mother that is the expected. Yeah. And I think that, you know, you think of the different times in life and being in this business when it's right in front of us on live television a lot of times, the O.J. Simpson chase that we all watch. Mm-hmm. This was another one, you know, the, yeah. the 9-11. It was a shared experience it for was. the entire country. Everybody was glued to the tube. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember. I remember. It reminds me a little of um, when baby Jessica fell in the mm-hmm. well. Yes. You know, the same thing yes. where it just grips the entire country. Exactly. And, exactly. and each development, it's just... <gasps> Yeah. And you know, the sad thing, interesting thing about it is you, you want to have some empathy for her because she wasn't given a fair start from the beginning. That does not justify by any means. But no. you do feel for her because of the hand that she was dealt from the very beginning. I mean, I think you have to think that her killing her children had something to do with the past 23 years of her life. I believe so. You know, I mean, if she'd been born in a different family... I, I don't think, but who knows? And but. the fact that that the gov- then Governor Nikki Haley denied in, in a public interview for her, I understand. But I gotta say, and I'm sure I speak for a lot of people, I would love to hear from her and really hear and hope at this point that she can explain better and mm-hmm. more realistically what happened. And not just her. say it wasn't me. I didn't. No, you know, not just pacify right. it and right. Blame Take it on that no. Way. Responsibility. If you say you weren't in the right mind, tell me what your mindset was that day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Tell me what was going on with your affair. What did he say to you that made you think that he yeah. didn't want children? And and what's life like right now for you? Mm-hmm. What do you, I mean, every day, can you imagine? She's behind bars. She's in prison. She has nothing but time on her hands. And she has to live with the fact that she killed her two boys, young, yeah. beautiful boys. So... Thank it's you. definitely a story that never has a happy ending. It isn't. It isn't. But thank you so much for telling us. Thank you for listening to Carolina True Crime, a podcast presented by WMBF News. To learn more about the story you heard here and other mysteries and crimes from across the Carolinas, go to our website, wmbfnews.com.